Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Today is Wednesday, August 12, 2020. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Joe Biden formally announces Senator Kamala Harris as his VP running mate. They make their first appearance together in Delaware. We will show you what both of them had to say. Also, the attacks have begun on Senator Harris. We expected it from conservatives, but what about so many black folks, especially young black folks? Why are they attacking Senator Kamala Harris? We'll break it down with our panel. Also, folks, we'll show you Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm. When she announced her run for president in 1972, she faced a lot of the same kind of uh, attacks as Senator Harris. And in Missouri, Republican Governor Mike Parson renewed his attacks on St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. He's now trying to strip her of her authority. And a black asset manager is suing the state of New Jersey and BlackRock alternative advisors for theft and racial discrimination, he will join us to explain. 
And folks, according to a study, more than half of the Black-owned businesses in America may not survive COVID-19. We'll talk about how to reinvent your business. And in D.C., the police union wants to block the release of body camera footage. I wonder why. And in Seattle, the police chief has quit because her budget is cut by 1%. We'll show you her explanation. And in Colorado, the attorney general is investigating the Aurora Police Department to see if their patterns and practices are unconstitutional. Plus, as well as that Wednesday, the comedian Jackie Fabulous is in the house. Folks, it is time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the find. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Just a, few, just a few moments ago, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris spoke to the nation. Here is how Joe Biden introduced his new running mate. Americans, now let me introduce to you, for the first time, your next vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris. Kamala, the floor is yours. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. As I said, Joe, when you called me, I am incredibly honored by this responsibility, and I'm ready to get to work. I am ready to get to work. After the most competitive primary in history, the country received a resounding message that Joe was the person to lead us forward. And Joe, I'm so proud to stand with you. And I do so mindful of all the heroic and ambitious women before me whose sacrifice, determination, and resilience makes my presence here today even possible. This is a moment of real consequence for America. Everything we care about, our economy, our health, our children, the kind of country we live in. It's all on the line. We're reeling from the worst public health crisis in a century. The president's mismanagement of the pandemic has plunged us into the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. And we're experiencing a moral reckoning with racism and systemic injustice that has brought a new coalition of conscience to the streets of our country demanding change. America is crying out for leadership. Yet we have a president 
who cares more about himself than the people who elected him. A president who is making every challenge we face even more difficult to solve. But here's the good news. We don't have to accept the failed government of Donald Trump and Mike Pence. In just 83 days, we have a chance to choose a better future for our country. So, Joe, Dr. Biden, thank you for the trust you've placed in me. All right, folks, that was here in the Kamala Harris today speaking uh, there in Delaware in her speech. Uh, she made the argument or presented the case against Donald Trump and Mike Pence, granted them four more years. Vice President Joe Biden also had his remarks. Uh, I think we have those. If so, go ahead and play it. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna have those in we we'll have those in just a second. Let me bring in my panel right now uh, to talk about this. A. Scott Bolden, former chair of National Bar Association Political Action Committee, Robert Patillo, executive director of Rainbow Push Coalition Peach Tree Street Project, and later will be joined by Dr. Julian Malvo, economist and president emerita at Bennett College. Uh, I'll start with you, uh, Robert. It was uh, it's, it's pretty funny, Robert, to see what's going on. So Republicans can't quite figure out what the hell. So you have. Uh, Trump and his campaign saying she's too liberal. Then you have uh, the RNC saying, well, uh, liberals are not happy with her. Then you have them saying that uh, she's undermining uh, Joe Biden. And then other people are saying, no, she's actually throwing Joe over a clip. I mean, they have no idea what the hell to even say. So the campaign and the RNC and Trump, they're like all over the place trying to figure out how to tag Senator Kamala Harris. Well, you know, I think it's part of a part of what happened in the primary season where nobody really defined themselves. Nobody had defined positions. You had Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. You knew exactly where they stood on every single issue. Um, but then with Kamala Harris, with Joe Biden, had kind of had a shifting scale as they went from being kind of the centrist, uh, moderate wing of the party, and then slowly incorporating many of the more progressive aspects of the uh, of the campaign as things went on. So Republicans don't really have a clear, uh, definite attack that they can go on. Um, and then many of the the uh, internet Republicans have gone directly into sexism, racism, uh, scandal as their uh, as their Cassia Belli to uh, address these issues. But what they don't want to do is address policy issues that Americans really care about. You have five million people who have been infected with a disease and no national health care system. You have 160,000 dead people and no plan on uh, mitigation or no plan on therapeutics, no uh, concrete national plan on this. You have 50 million plus people unemployed, and we're still doing piecemeal trickle-in uh, stimulus programs in order to ameliorate these uh, these issues. So they are trying to find something that they can lay their hat on, but not addressing the main issues the American people care about, which is corona, corona, corona. Normally, it's the economy sp is stupid, but this election is going to be corona stupid. Look, Scott, uh, it, it, again, it, it, it's hilarious uh, to see this reaction. And yeah, on one hand, it's a little hard to uh, label them as these flaming liberals, which Republicans love. The reality is that you can be you can be as you can be slightly to the right of Republicans. Doesn't matter. They're going to call you a hardcore liberal. But that's the attacks they're trying uh, on these two. Uh, because, again, they want to be able to say they're going to destroy the world. And that's what we're actually seeing. 
Yeah, you know, this was the last vice presidential nominee that the government, I'm sorry, the GOP wanted to see. She was on, she was criticized for being undefined when you had 20 uh, Democrats running for the presidency. She took on some policies to the left, but primarily she's a Democratic centrist. That's working for her now. I was doing another conservative network yesterday, and I'm having this debate, and they argued that she was too liberal and too conservative when it came to prosecuting African Americans when she was in when she was a prosecutor, and that she was too liberal because she um, she ran left the center because she seemed to endorse Medicaid or Medicare for all. And so they're going to have a hard time picking a name for her, uh, making an uh, aggressive assault on her because she is undefined, only to the extent that she's a center. She's got a she gets the votes out. She's a fierce debater, and she's a proven fundraiser. I like this match with Joe Biden. I think she's going to play her part. She's not going to get ahead of him. And both of them are going to compliment each other on not only policy, but beating Trump. And that's what the Democrats need right now. Well, I, I have seen some absolutely hilarious uh, uh, things, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play the Ari Fleischer soundbite. I'm going to play the Ari Fleischer soundbite in just a little bit a little bit uh, to get to that. But, again, w what's interesting here is you're seeing the attacks. Uh, you're seeing uh, how they're trying to go after both of them. And so, Robert, when she says we're going to prosecute the case, I'm sorry. Republicans, please show me how you want to defend 160,000 plus Americans dying because of COVID and you still have no national testing plan. Please. I mean, Trump wants to tout what he's done for black people and unemployment. Uh, let's see. When you came in, it was at 7, 7.7%. It's now at 14.6%. You can't go, well, that's only because of coronavirus when it had been going up for four months before uh, COVID-19. Well, oh, 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 another thing that we have to talk about is for the last several months, we've heard uh, Republicans uh, address the issue of uh, of police, back the blue. Uh, we want uh, law enforcement. Well, that's who we were behind, law and order. And now you have the prosecutors on the ticket. And now they flipped uh, 180 degrees to say, well, well, look at all the people that she prosecuted while she was prosecutor. Um, they are having a <laughs> difficult time defining what exactly they are running on, what exactly they believe in. And, and to Scott's point, uh, what they describe as liberal, any other president who had done what Donald Trump has done in the last three years, they will be screaming socialism. He's sending U.S. troops into cities to put down protests. Um, he's raised the deficit by trillions of dollars. We had a $1.5 trillion uh, spending bill, which was uh, put into place with no governmental offsets to cut the deficit. He's ballooned the national debt. All those things are the liberal boogeymen that conservatives have been warning us about for decades now. He banned bump stocks to encircle Conventions of Second Amendment rights. These are things that they have accused Democrats of wanting to do for generations. Now Trump has done them, and they have to find a way to paint somebody to be to the left of him when he's running in territory that Democrats uh, traditionally have run in. And I think they're going to run into a problem with that with Kamala Harris because, quite frankly, because most of her record is as a lawyer, as a law enforcement personnel, as a prosecutor, as opposed to being in the legislature where you have an extensive record of voting over 20 or 30 or 40 years like Joe Biden, it's hard to paint her as this 
hardcore leftists that they want to because she doesn't have that voting record. Most of her re uh, record is on, in law and order and prosecuting and bringing down uh, prescription drug prices and bringing down um, multi uh, large corporations that have been fighting against ho homeowners. So it's going to be a difficult um, attempt to define her. And we'll see how long it takes for Republicans to dive directly into the dirt when they run out of policy issues to attack. And you see, they need a political boogeyman. Well, the only reason that Donald Trump won in 2016, Hillary Clinton wasn't a great candidate, and they made her his political boogeyman. And, all, and I've always said for the last three or four years, who's going to be his political boogeyman in 2020 despite his failed record of leadership across the board? And now he hit everything he's thrown at, at Biden doesn't stick. And now he is a vice president candidate that nothing is going to stick against her. You know this because of the scattershot approach. They should have had this theme narrow months before now. So that dog's just not going to hunt. And I got to tell you, she's going to give Pence fits in the debate. She's going to give the Republicans fits uh, on the campaign trail. She's a history-making uh, candidate. Uh, she's bright. She's fierce. She's committed. She's a Howard graduate. You know. I mean, I got to tell you, she, she checks all the box and more. And we're going to be proud of this campaign. And we're going to be proud of this Democratic leadership in 2021, I think. So let's um, do this here, do this here. Actually, you know what? Uh, I was going to go to it uh, a little bit later uh, in the show. Um, but um, I want to go to it. Uh, now, because because uh, because because we need to talk about also black people, and we need mm -hmm. to talk about this reaction we're seeing from some black people questioning her blackness. Oh, she's not African American. Yeah, we know that. We know that dad's Jamaican, mom is Indian, uh, and then we're hearing all of that now. People, uh, look, all the little nonsense we're actually seeing. And so, what I wanted to do is, I purposely wanted to go back and show you. A black woman who was, who was not <clears throat> born in the United States. So for all of you ADOS fools, foundational, foundational black people, I, I, I want y'all to see this here. So this is 1972 when Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm announced her run for president of the United States. candidate for the Democratic nomination for the presidency of the United States of America. I am not the candidate of black America, although I am black and proud. I am not the candidate of the women's movement of this country, although I am a woman, and I'm equally proud of that. I am not the candidate of any political bosses or fat cats or special interests. I stand here now without endorsements from many big name politicians or celebrities or any other kind of prop, 
I do not intend to offer to you the tired and glib cliches which for too long have been accepted part of our political life. I am the candidate of the people of America. <laughs> Fellow Americans, we have looked in vain to the Nixon administration for the courage, the spirit, the character, and the words to lift us, to bring out the best in us, to rekindle in each of us our faith in the American dream. Yet all that we have received in return is just another smooth exercise in political manipulation, deceit and deception, callousness and indifference to our individual problems, and the disgusting playing of divisive politics pitting the young against the old, labor against management, north against south, black against white. <laughs> the abiding concern of this administration has been one of political expediency rather than the needs of man's nature. The president has broken his promises to us and has therefore lost his claim to our trust and confidence in him. I cannot believe, I cannot believe that this administration would have ever been elected four years ago if we had known then what we know today. But we are entering, we are entering a new era in which we must, as Americans, demands stature and size in our national leadership. Leadership, leadership which is fresh, leadership which is open, and leadership which is receptive to the problems of all Americans. I have faith in the American people. I believe that we are smart enough to correct our mistakes. I believe we are intelligent enough to recognize the talent, energy, and dedication which all Americans, including women and minorities, have to offer. I know from my travels to the cities and small towns of America that we have a vast potential which can and must be put to constructive use in getting this great nation together I know that millions of Americans from all walks of life agree with me that leadership does not mean putting the air to the ground to follow public opinion, but to have the vision of what is necessary and the courage to make it possible. Americans all over are demanding a new sensibility a new philosophy of government from Washington. Instead of sending spies to snoop on participants at Earth Day, I would welcome the efforts of concerned citizens of all ages to stop the abuse of our environment. Instead of watching a football game on television while young people beg for the attention of their president concerning our actions abroad, I would encourage them to speak out organize for peaceful change and vote in November. Instead of blocking efforts to control the huge amounts of money given political candidates by the rich and the powerful, I would provide certain limits on such amounts 
and encourage all the people of this nation to contribute small sums to the candidates of their choice. Instead of calculating the political costs of this or that policy and of weighing favors of this or that group, depending on whether that group voted for me in 1968, I would remind all Americans at this hour of the words of Abraham Lincoln, a house divided cannot stand. countrymen, one day confronting the judgment of history in our country. We are all God's children, and the will of each of us is as precious as the will of the most powerful general or corporate millionaire. Those of you, those of you who were locked outside of the convention hall in 1968, those of you who can now vote for the first time, those of you who agree with me that the institutions of this country belong to all of the people who inhabit it, those of you who have been neglected, left out, ignored, forgotten, or shunned aside for whatever reason, give me your help at this hour. Join me in an effort to reshape our society and regain control of our destiny as we go down the Chisholm Trail for 1970. You represent a trend for more women, and specifically black women, to get involved in politics and go after elected officers in this country. Yes, I specifically recommend do I recommend a trend for more women, and specifically black women, to enter into politics, elected office? Yes, I definitely uh, am feeling and recognizing that as a result of over 20 years in political life, only emerging eight years ago publicly, that there is a great need for more women in the political arena. I happen to believe that there are certain aspects of legislation that probably would be given much more attention if we had more women's voices in the halls of the legislatures on the city, state, and national level. And I will, legislation that pertains to daycare centers, education, social services, mental services, the kind of legislation that has to do with the conservation and preservation of the most important resources that any nation has, and that is its human resources. Candidacy will hurt the presidential candidacy of Mayor Lindsay. Well, Mayor Lindsay will be getting votes from the same area that I anticipate getting votes. And I dare say that my candidacy might not only hurt Mayor Lindsay, it might hurt a few others who have the same political. <laughs> a new era in American political history. I have always earnestly believed in the great potential of America. Our constitutional democracy will soon celebrate its 200th anniversary. 
effective testimony to the longevity of our cherished Constitution and its unique Bill of Rights, which continues to give to the world an inspirational message of freedom and liberty. We Americans are felt in remedying our ills. I do not believe that in 1972, the great majority of Americans will continue to harbor such narrow and petty prejudices. I am convinced that the American people are in a mood to discard the politics and the political personalities of the past. I believe that they will show in 1972 and thereafter that they intend to make independent judgments on the merits of a particular candidate based on that candidate's intelligence, character, physical ability, competence, integrity, and honesty. It is, it is, I feel, the duty of responsible leaders in this country to encourage and maximize, not to dismiss or minimize such judgment. Our will, our will can create a new America in 1972, one where there is freedom from violence and war at home and abroad, where there is freedom from poverty and discrimination, where there exists at least a feeling that we are making progress and ensuring for everyone medical care, employment, and decent housing, where we more decisively clean up our streets, our water, and our air, where we work together, black and white, to rebuild our neighborhoods, and to make our cities quite attractive and efficient. And fundamentally, where we live in the confidence that every man and every woman in America has at long last the opportunity to become all that he was created of being, such as is his ability. In conclusion, all of you who share this vision, from New York to California, from Wisconsin to Florida, our brothers and sisters on the road to national unity and a new America. Close to $44,000 from the American people. I want to say, that in terms of my projection of $300,000, which was made earlier, that the benefits that are being planned and will be conducted in February, March, and April will net me, I'm quite sure, way above that amount. So I am willing to be optimistic, now that I've made my announcement today, to be able to get some sizable contributions. May I say that just this past week, I received two contributions from individuals in America, two contributions of $5,000 each. Uh, that is very encouraging. Yes. I can't hear you. I just want to say, I just want to say this, and it's very important for all Americans to recognize. The United States Constitution stipulates that anyone that is 35 years of age or over and is a natural born citizen can run for the presidency. All of us meet that criteria, the people will make a decision.
All right, so let me set this up. And joining us right now, we're Dr. Julian Malvo. So, Julian, the reason I wanted to play that, because I'm looking at all of these people who are trashing Senator Kamala Harris. She's not African-American. She's not from here. That was a black woman. Kamala Harris is a black woman. Um, Shirley Chisholm, her dad, born in British Guyana, mama in Barbados. Harris, Mm -hmm. daddy in Jamaica, mama from India. What I find to be very interesting is that our our deceased people, you can't compare Harris to Chisholm. Well, Chisholm was only in Congress three years before she announced she ran for president. Harris was in Congress in the Senate for two years before she ran for president of the United States. So of all these people, are they judging Shirley Chisholm on those three years or are they judging her on the years after she ran for president? See, see, that to me is what I find interesting when you really start debating these people and they start, like, I, I got somebody sitting here going, oh, she got a black woman. So are we now saying that, oh, well, because Kamala Harris... <laughs> Mama is Indian. Well, then, oh, my goodness, she's not black. But Obama's mama was white. and uh, uh, Oh, my goodness, but, but he's not black. The people who are engaged in this, Julian, are stuck on stupid. And the reality is we got Biden-Harris, Trump-Pence. This real simple. Which one of these two, which one of these y'all want, fools? Which one y'all want? It's going to be Biden-Harris or Trump-Pence. You know, Roland, Reverend uh, Reverend William Barber uh, has a concept he calls the blood test, where he says that you have to take a blood test to see who is closer to you in terms of ideology and philosophy. So he, he tells it in a kind of a gross way. He says, lady has a baby, and if you take a blood test and it's 15% match, that ain't his baby. But if it's an 80% match, that's his baby. That, that's your kinfolk. Kamala Harris is our <laughs> kinfolk. We don't agree with her on everything. But this is such an astounding, astounding, astounding uh, nomination, astounding opportunity. And all these haterators, that's not a word, but all these haterators, they just go sit down. Would you rather have Trump Pence? Do you know that 100 environmental regulations have been turned back because of Trump Pence? that labor regulations have been turned back because of Trump-Pence? Do you know that Kamala Harris has, as Joe Biden said, been a fighter for the little people? No, she's not perfect, but who is? I think that people are holding her to a ridiculously high standard, and I'm not sure why, but I love that you played the Shirley Chisholm clip because it reminds us, absolutely reminds us, first of all, of the audacity of black women, the capacity of black women, and the fact that Kamala Harris stands on a long line of black women who have been politically engaged. See, again, I I, I just want to sit here and break this thing down, Robert. I I just want to really break this thing down because I'm all about, over the next 82 days, exposing as much white stupidity 
as I am <laughs> black stupidity. And so when I listen to the people, I listen to all this stuff. And, and, and again, I, I hear the critics and they, they throwing all, all, all kind of stuff out. Oh, my goodness. And, and, and she ain't this. And she, oh, she hate black people and, and all this sort of stuff. All I want to know is what you got. And not only that, not only that, what are you really saying? Because if y'all want to have this, this whole, uh, well, we don't know, you know, you ain't really from here. Why don't these fake conscious ass people stop holding up Stokely Carmichael? Who wasn't from here? Parents weren't from here. See, that's, the, that's my deal, Robert. Because if we really want to go there, it's a whole bunch of black people in, a black, in, in American history who contributed mightily to what's happening with black people and African-Americans who are immigrants or the children of immigrants. See, if they really want to go there, let's go. Well, well Roland, as, as the son of an immigrant myself, I, I think that the purity hold test on... Hold on, hold on, Julian Robert. Yeah, as, as the child of, an, uh, of immigrant of, of an immigrant from Haiti and myself, I think the black purity test is a is a quixotic journey, is a uh, self uh, self eating issue. But I do think that what Democrats do have to do, uh, President or Vice President Biden and Senator Harris, over the next eighty days, is address all issues because let's understand there are no bad issues in politics. That if you want these people's vote, then you have to prove through policy that it does not matter what my parentage parentage is. What matters is what I'm going to do for the African-American community, what I'm going to do for the descendants of slavery, uh, what my plan is and what my policy is going to be to improve the lives of African-American men in this country. We, uh, we want somebody just based on being pure black diamond and silk. Uh, are black and from the South, but I don't think anybody wants them to be the Democratic nominee for vice president. But what has to happen is we uh, there is an enthusiasm gap in this race. There are questions that were not answered during the primary. The same way that works to their benefit and not being able to define the candidates, there's also a detriment to it because there are people who do not know where both these candidates stand on important issues in the African-American community. That is the duty of the candidate who is trying to get those votes that uh, to prove and to uh, explain to the American people what exactly they stand for, because all all that, you, all that happens if you call names, if you say they're stupid, this, that, and the other, you're just driving down turnout. They were going to need all hands on deck in order to win this election. Do not believe the polls. The polls are not going to track the people who are dipping in and out of politics and only vote in presidential election years. And every point that we dip below what the turnout numbers were for Obama in 2012 is another two points for Trump because his base is going to turn out. So we can't just dismiss offhand criticisms. We have to be able to address them. And the candidates are going going to have to put some work and put some money in to uh, to addressing these issues. Send somebody on your show by ad time on black media. Make sure that you are pushing your agenda so that the people who need to hear it, hear it. Here's what I find is to be interesting here, Scott. Uh, I got some fool tweet me, sending me on Twitter. Uh, he said, uh, Stokely wasn't a cop. All right, let's just go ahead. Let's just go ahead and take that one for what it is. So what are we saying? Marilyn Mosby can never run for higher office. What are we saying? Kim Fox can never run for higher office. What are we saying? Uh, Aramis Ayala can never run for higher office. So are we saying that Larry Krasner, uh, who's not black, who's white, who's a DA in Philadelphia, oh my goodness, he should never aspire to higher office. Or, or, or we say, See, that, that's how stupid this whole argument is. And not only that, Here's the other deal. For all y'all stuck on stupid people, 
Do you know who the most, do you know, if you, if you tabulated across the country, what position that has the most black people elected to statewide office is? Do y'all know what that is, stuck on stupid people? Attorney <laughs> General. Black man's attorney general in Illinois. Black man who's the attorney general uh, in uh, Indiana. Black man who's the attorney general in Nevada. Black man who's the attorney general in Kentucky. So, not, so, so now what we're really saying is, is, oh, oh, we already know it's hard, Scott, to win statewide office. But if you run for attorney general or DA, well, we're just going to disqualify you for forever anything else because you were the top cop. Scott, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, uh, this is a stupid argument I hear my brothers and sisters making. It's an uninformed argument. You know, the people you're talking about are the people talking out the side of their neck. They haven't done any research. They don't know their history. They get their history every day from you, Roland. But let me tell you something. As a former prosecutor from New York City, all right? Those same people talking and the people listening who oh, feel stop, like stop, the, stop, uh, hold up, you don't Scott. want any black stop, prosecutors stop, stop, running for office. Stop, stop, stop. Hold up, Scott. Stop. Since you were, prosecutor, you were a former prosecutor, you got to get off the show because you're not black. Your blackness has to <laughs> You got to turn your black card in. You were a former prosecutor. You got to go. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Now, li listen to me. All those people who are stuck on stupid, you listen to me. You better be glad you got some black people in the prosecutor's office, whether they're the AG, whether they're the district attorney or county attorney. Because it would be 10 times worse for you and your family and your friends from the community if I wasn't there, if Kamala wasn't there, if him wasn't there. Trust me, my policy as a prosecutor was to give programs to those who were drug addicted. You sold drugs near school, now you going. And you had multiple arrests, right? But my job was not just to prosecute you and put you in jail. My job was to try to rehabilitate you and get you services that you needed so I wouldn't see you again. So all y'all stuck on stupid, you can talk about the man. We need more black people in those positions because they're more liable, they're more likely to give you discretion and services and support than to go hard line and put you in jail. It's not going to help you or your family or your friends at all. Uh, secondly, let's and, and, just say this. Go ahead. Kamala Harris is a black woman, right? Hey, Trump and Pence out of it. She's a member of the AKs. I've known Kamala for 35 years. This sister identifies with black people. She's an AKA. She went to Howard. I don't care where she's from. Black people from the diaspora are black people. What? What is all, the, all of a sudden black people, African-Americans want to carve out who's black and who's not? We are a country of immigrants. We're all from somewhere else. And you're running against two people like Trump and Pence, and you want to go against her. Well, who are you going to vote for? Are you not going to vote? You're going to get Trump and Pence again. So stop this nonsense. It's stupid. Get off stupid. And here's the deal. This, this is real simple for me, Julian. If you don't want to support, if you don't want to support Senator Kamala Harris, that's fine. Okay? Just say 
I no. don't think Julian, 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 you're talking. Julian, 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 you're talking. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Julian. You, 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 let me finish the question. No, Scott, it is fine. Let me be real clear. It is fine. I don't care who you support. Here's my whole point, though. What, I, what we're not about to do is get into this next dumbass discussion about blackness. Because, see, I got you. black parents. I got black parents. Yeah. But you know what somebody's going to say? Oh, oh, your mama light-skinned, so you ain't really black. So if if both your parents you good blacker hair. than Barry, you got good hair. If, if both of your parents black, yeah, black, right? It's like, oh, you real black, <laughs> okay? So I, I so, so I guess since that's now the whole deal, Julian, since you the lightest person on the panel, which in probably you you the lightest she person free. on the panel, and probably she the free. black, wait a minute, probably the blackest, probably the blackest person on the panel, you disqualified because if you look at some of these fools out here and the standard that they have set up. This is how they have laid this whole thing out. And this is why it's foolish. It's foolish, Julian, because it has nothing to do with housing. It has nothing to do with black businesses. It has nothing to do with education. It has nothing to do with mass incarceration. It has nothing to do with any of the issues out there, how we're affected. But you got these folks who frankly sound like white supremacists who are sitting there saying, no, 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 she not really black. She not black. No, she not black because I don't like her hair. And no, she got that Indian hair. And she is just dumb. It's just dumb, Julianne. Got that good hair. They did this with President Obama. It was black people who did it. Something is wrong with us because Mm. I show you, Mm. I think some of y'all know my family. I, I, unfortunately, I picked the uh, light skin card, but um, everybody else ate. And it has nothing to do with nothing. As you said, the structure of the economy in this country and the people who are left out and left behind, the fact that we lost black home ownership, the fact that we have, what I call it the chucklehead in chief, who does not want to extend people's unemployment benefits. Those are the issues we need to be focusing on. I don't understand mm-hmm. what this backlash on Kamala, Senator Harris is. I do not understand it, but it makes no sense. And she is, frankly, the best thing that has happened to the Democratic Party and happened to uh, Joe Biden. Now, Robert has a point, and I agree with him. We, we don't just don't take them and say, okay, because they're Democrat, everything is cool. We do have to raise and ask questions. But here's what we do know. Here's what we do know. Whatever they are, they're better than Trump and Pence. So the issue is to get them elected and then keep the heat up and then keep the heat up. Voting, folks, is not the most you can do. It is the least that you can do. And so you vote and then you keep the heat up. That's how it goes. So all the all these conversations are specious. This woman went to Howard University. I hate to say she made one mistake in her life, but she's AKA not a Delta. We'll, we'll, we'll accept that. But, uh, but in any case, she's amazing. You, you can she's get over brilliant. that, Julianne. I'm over it. I'm over it. I, I, I will fight for her as hard as I'd fight for, you know, a DST or anybody else. I will fight for her and Biden. This is an amazing move, and we just have to accept it for what it is. And But, Roland, I do Here's think the, that... Okay, I, I, hold, hold, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Robert, I do got to play this. I want to play this sound bite right here, which I find to be utterly hilarious. And so uh, let me just go ahead and play this, y'all. I got to get y'all response. 
Secondly, I just question whether or not this is going to boost African-American turnout at all. I don't think it will. She's just not that historically exciting to African-Americans. She certainly wasn't during the primary. And that was one of the biggest reasons Biden picked her. He needs that boost in African-American turnout in order to win. I don't see it. Secondly, I just question whether or not this is going to boost African-American turnout at all. I don't think it will. She's just not. Secondly, I just question whether or not this is going to boost African-American turnout at all. I don't think it will. She's just not that historically exciting to African-Americans. She certainly wasn't during the primary. And that was one of the biggest reasons Biden picked her. He needs that boost in African-American turnout in order to win. I don't see so my man Ari Fleischer, so that, so they can sit here, or they can sit here, they, they can sit, they can sit here, Robert. Ari Fleischer can be an expert on what black people thinking, but they can't find them WMDs. Look, look, uh, soul brother number one, Ari Fleischer, uh, he's making these points because you're trying to show uh, sow seeds of dissent well, within the community. We've seen this on uh, conservative social media since the announcement was made. Uh, but we cannot dis, uh, ignore offhand the criticisms of uh, of people. And we can't, when we laugh at them, when we, when we joke about the concerns of the ADOS, or we call them the, the ADOS movement, the foundation of black people, uh, hoteps, whatever you, uh, you want to call them, those are Democratic voters. And you need, and if they have doubts that they have questions, we need to be able to roll out an agenda item. We need to roll out policy items. You can't just dismiss them offhand because what we saw in 2016 no, Robert, was there were Robert, I'm going to disagree. I'm not, I'm, not assuming I'm not assuming they're voters. I'm not assuming they're voters because well, I've engaged with a lot of these voters. people. I, but what I'm saying is I've engaged with a lot of them, and a lot of them are so out there are so out there that you can't tell them anything. And when you try to present facts, they like, oh, no, that's, that's not true. And so, yes, I agree we have to engage. But some people are so crazy with it. You're like, I can't waste time with you. Go ahead. You know, with no facts to support it. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, Julian, wait. Robert, finish your point. Then I'm going to go to Scott and Julian. But, but to your point about them being so far out there, the way that Donald Trump won that primary, won the presidency, he went and got those voters who were so far out there, the Pizzagate voters, the QAnon voters, um, the, the conspiracy theory Alice Jones voters, and he took them out of the internet chat rooms and got them into the ballot box. So I don't think that we are in a position right now as a nation to take any one single voter for granted. Donald Trump won by 77,000 votes across the upper Midwest last time. So if there's a possibility of turning into an into a voter with the right policy position, they need to explore that before dismissing it offhand. But, but Robert, your focus is, Rob, is a fair one. But your benefit, the most appropriate focus, is is that Democrat black voters and Democrats didn't vote in their normal voting pattern. And so it's one mm -hmm. thing to say he wouldn't got them out. They're still French voters. But our focus has to be to get Democratic voters out. They'll be excited about this ticket. And, and then we win by more than 77 votes in Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania. That made the difference. We can't control Trump's voters. He got them out, but we didn't do our job. And this time yes. in 2020, we got to do our job. I don't care about polling. You're right. I want to break voting records for black people, whether it's mail-in or in person. And I got to tell you that black people are going to be highly motivated independents, educated whites, those suburban moms, and those elderly voters out of Florida who support 
he is losing, Trump is losing on a daily basis. He's got 83 days to turn that around. He's not turning it around. And Biden-Harris, whatever October surprise may be coming our way, the October surprise might be on Donald Trump this time and not on the Democrats. <laughs> You know, folks uh, who are Julia, watching this program need to my next topic. Number one, you need to know what your rules are about voting in your jurisdiction. You need to make sure that you yeah. request a ballot if your jurisdiction requires you to request a ballot. When you get your ballot, you need to put it in the mail immediately. Don't wait until the last minute. That's what we need to do. Uh, Robert mentioned those ADOS people. Those people are crazy fringe. Let's just call it crazy fringe. They don't want to vote unless they get reparations tomorrow. And they're not going to get reparations tomorrow. So next, wait a minute. And Julian, hold on to y'all. And he, this is a woman who sits on in Cobra's group who've been advocating reparations. You. Yes. Yes. I'm on the National African-American Reparations Commission. But I do not agree with the people who say we must have it now. And if we don't have it, we're not going to vote. That's stupid. What we have right now with reparations is Sheila Jackson Lee has H.R. 40. She has almost 200 co-sponsors. It's very likely that it will pass and the things that we want will get. We have been working really hard with her. And these folks who say, well, I won't vote unless I have reparations, you know, basically you're basically putting a knife in the back of the movement. But you have folks who truly, truly believe that the system is flawed. Yes, it's flawed, but guess what? It's the system we have. And I will tell you, maybe 40 years ago, when I was a youngin' and crazy, I would have said some of the same things. Uh, the system is flawed. But I went to my first Democratic convention in 1972. Couldn't even vote then. Went just to see Shirley And so, you know, this system doesn't work perfectly, but it works. And these folks who have all these, you know, litmus tests, one-issue test voters, they're crazy. And what they're going to end up yeah, with but is a, 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 a no-vote... No. That's the other thing. Right, right. Precise. But but here's the deal. Scott, Scott, you're absolutely right. Look, we're going to cover this a lot more. I got to go to our next story, folks, and that is this here. Julia, when you talk about the system, how we also have to continue to fight in the system. Well, Blueprint Capital Advisors, which is a black-owned investment firm, they are now suing the state of New Jersey. Uh, current and past members of the New Jersey Division of Investment, BlackRock Alternative Investors, and Cliffwater LLC. They contend that the city, that, that New Jersey, this group, conspired with BlackRock to steal intellectual property from Blueprint in order to help BlackRock. Now, just so y'all know, I need to understand, BlackRock is the biggest hedge fund out there. They control, I think it's five or seven trillion dollars, something like that. I mean, it's, it's a massive number that they control and they have not necessarily been wanting black folks to get a part of that. Jacob Waltower, he, of course, uh, is the CEO, uh, principal and CEO of Blueprint Capital Advisors. He joins us right now. Jacob, glad to have you back on the show. So set up for our audience, folks who don't really understand, Jacob, this whole, whole hedge fund world, this financial, this money management world, really what this lawsuit is and what it means. Well, the lawsuit was filed by Blueprint, but in our view, it's about something much larger. Um, the asset management industry has $70 trillion. Yes, that's trillion with a T. And less than 1% of those assets are managed by African-American-owned asset management companies. 
And what our lawsuit contends uh, is that discrimination exists in our industry. Um, it has impacted um, Blueprint, particularly in the state of New Jersey. Um, but we certainly feel that what went on in the state of New Jersey, um, the blatant discrimination that occurred against Blueprint, um, the theft of Blueprint's intellectual property and the misappropriation of our trade secrets goes on in other places. And what we're hoping is that this particular lawsuit shines a spotlight on the things that happen behind closed doors when asset management business uh, is being allocated. Because we certainly think that when you look at the numbers, 70 trillion, and we manage less than 1%, there is something that explains um, that stark disparity that exists between assets managed by white-owned firms and assets managed by African-American-owned firms. And, and let's be clear, and I've been, I've been saying this, Jacob, trying to get our viewers and listeners to understand this. When we talk about the money that's really being managed, that money's coming from pension funds. That means it's coming, and it includes black people who are city employees, county employees, cops, police officers, who are public workers, who work for the county, who work for the school district, who work for the state, who work for the federal government. These individuals, you just mentioned, these individuals, they are investing and controlling our money. I, I, I've been saying that the largest collection of wealth among African-Americans resides in those who are public workers. Absolutely. So when you think about a public pension fund or a corporate pension fund, um, the people who contribute to that are the workers that work for that company or the workers that are employed by that government entity or agency. And a disproportionate number of African-Americans work in government jobs. And yes, um, I guess part of what myself and other owners of African-American-owned asset managers feel is that we should be managing a portion um, of the assets just on the basis of the fact that the people who contribute to those pension funds um, look like us. Um, but that hasn't been the case. Uh, it hasn't been the case um, for a whole host of reasons. Um, those of us in the asset management business are used to hearing uh, the same excuses as to why you know, we cannot manage capital um, at the level that white-owned firms can manage capital. We're too small. We don't have enough people. Our track record isn't long enough. Um, you know, we've heard it all. Um, but in our case, in the state of New Jersey, um, we were told that the reason why we were not um, chosen to manage the mandate that they had originally promised to us was that their investment committee, their governing body, um, really wasn't a fan of investing in minority-owned firms. And that's what really makes so this wait, wait, case... Wait, 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 wait. They, they, literally, they literally told you that, yeah, they ain't trying to deal with black and brown people. Well, they told us that the investment committee was not a fan of doing business with minority-owned firms, which is basically saying um, there's nothing you can do. Um, it is simply by virtue of the color of your skin um, and your co-owner's skin that we are not taking you to the investment committee uh, for approval. And you know there did come a time where they felt they had to make it up to us because they had lifted our intellectual property and shared it with others uh, in a way that was harmful to our business. And even then, 
when they decided to take us to their investment committee, they told us that all mention of being an African-American-owned firm or a minority or a woman-owned firm had to be taken out of our collateral marketing materials so that the investment committee didn't see it. And I will say that that's about as blatant as it gets. And so we were faced with a couple of choices um, in order to address this injustice. Um, one, we could let it go. Um, two, we could try to negotiate um, a settlement between ourselves and those who were involved, who are now co-defendants in our case. Um, or three, we could actually file a lawsuit. Um, we couldn't let it go, Roland. Um, as African-Americans, as educated African-Americans, we are very well aware of our history in this country. We've been on this soil for 400 years, and during that time period, African-Americans have come up with countless inventions. And there was a period in time when we invented the doorknob, and we invented the traffic light, and we invented the pacemaker, and we invented the cotton gin, that we could not file patents. And therefore, we missed out on the commercial opportunity to take advantage of our very own creativity through inventions. Fast forward 400 years, we should still not be able to have ourselves taken advantage of, have our intellectual property taken from us. And so to walk away from this situation and not try and have the injustice addressed you know, through the court of law, to us would have been to dishonor all the people who came before us, including our parents and our grandparents, who paid one heck of a price for us to be in a position to come up with this kind of novel investment strategy. So, so, Jacob, I also want our audience to understand this because I think we, I think we have to connect the dots. There, there's somebody out there who's going, man, look, th this is a bunch of high finance stuff. It really doesn't impact me, but here's the reality. Your company invests in other companies. When you are unable to tap into these large pools of resources, like these white firms are, then you then are unable to invest in more black-owned businesses, more black, more women-owned businesses, more Latino-owned businesses. And so it's the same argument I keep making when black folks are frozen out Black media companies are frozen out of the ad dollars. Well, there's a reason why our black media companies are small. It's because we don't get access to the five and 10 and 20 and 50 and $100 million advertising accounts because they want to throw at us 20,000, 50,000 or 100,000 and say, be happy with what you got. And so that's really what this is about. This is about freezing us out of access to the pools of capital, which then allows us to then reinvest that in people who look like us. Roland, African-Americans are hard. African-Americans are well-educated. African-Americans are very capable executives. Our main challenge in creating businesses in this country and scaling businesses in this country and sustaining businesses in this country really revolves around access to capital. Um, and you hit the nail on the head. When you have African-Americans who sit in a seat where they are the ones who allocate capital to different types of businesses, those businesses have a better opportunity 
um, to get access to the Capitol. And we would argue that that was the sole reason why we started this business. I've worked on Wall Street for 25 years, and I had seen racism and I experienced racism. And I knew that the systemic racism that blocked access to capital by minority entrepreneurs and minority businesses was really one of the primary reasons why we have such large disparities in income, large disparities in wealth, large disparities in home ownership in this country. And I wanted to be able to do something about it. And when we founded the business, we called it the ripple effect. And what the ripple effect meant for us was that we were going to find women and minority-owned businesses and invest with them and in them. We were going to find nonprofits that focused on women uh, and minorities and uh, make contributions to them. We were going to find young kids, um, create a pipeline of young women and minorities to work on Wall Street by creating internship programs um, to train them. And so we've invested, I would say, you know, over 50 million dollars um, with and in minority-owned businesses. Um, we have given over $280,000 to nonprofits um, you know, here in Newark and other parts of Essex County here in New Jersey, where our firm is located. And we've trained over 50 young people who are now working at large firms all over the world um, in the area of finance. And so the ripple effect is extremely important. And the more capital that you have in the hands of firms like Blueprint, the greater the impact is on individual families because they are high wage jobs, and the greater the impact is on the community as those profits and that intellectual capital and that actual capital is recycled back into our communities. I lost sound for a second here. Sorry about that. I said, I said we're going to keep uh, covering this for quite some time. Uh, this is an issue that black investment firms have been complaining about for very long, how they're frozen out of these pools of money. Uh, and the data even shows that uh, black and brown firms actually outperform these white firms when it comes to the management of this money. Yet they don't get an opportunity to manage even larger sums. Jacob Waltauer, we certainly appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Roland. Um, I want to start, uh, Robert, you with the uh, Rainbow Push Peach Tree Street Project. I mean, this is the stuff, and again, a lot of folks say, oh, yeah, man, this is not really my thing, but this is why. Th th this speaks directly to the issues that black businesses have. And when you talk about black businesses, that means black employees. That means black families. That means black children. And so when we are frozen out of, of it, when we are frozen out of ownership, when we are frozen out, sure, they, they would love for us to keep playing ball as players on the basketball court, but damn you sit in an owner's suite. That's, that's, why I, that's why I keep telling these black people. I ran to a woman at KJLA, uh, KJLA when I was in uh, Los Angeles, and uh, she showed me a picture of her son. She said, that's my first rounder. And I said, I said, I said sister, don't raise your son to be a first round draft pick. Raise your son to be the mm -hmm. team owner. And she, right. said, no, she said, no, she said, no one had ever, um, she said, no one had ever uh, uh, mentioned that to me. I said, I said, no, no, no. I said, damn that. The person who's paying the first rounder, they making way more than the first rounder, Robert. This is what mm -hmm. Reverend Jackson has been doing for decades coming out of Operation Breadbasket. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. Thank you for the uh, the basketball analogy, the alley-oop. Uh, people can join the Rainbow Push Coalition by going to rainbowpush.org. Uh, part of what we do with the International Trade Bureau is to ensure that businesses and financial uh, and Black-owned uh, financial institutions have access to capital, access to uh, diversity and inclusion mechanisms, uh, access to federal funding, uh, to uh, loan programs. Part of what we did uh, when the PPP was first announced was hold weekly seminars with Black-owned businesses on how to get uh, get access access to those funds, how to apply, working with faith-based organizations and nonprofits to ensure that we get our, uh, our piece of the pie. And often we hear this rhetoric coming from the other side of the aisle about pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Uh, well, we've got to provide boots and we've got to provide straps in order for people to be able to do so. And often what happens is not that we don't have the right ideas or we don't have the work ethic, we don't have the gall and the temerity and the aggression uh, to get things done. It's like we don't have the capital. We don't have the institutional we don't have many of the things that uh, that other communities were inborn with, and therefore we have to create these mechanisms for ourselves. And once we do that, we have seen the communities prosper. We, we saw this from reconstruction forward, that when given an opportunity, when you, the playing field is equal, the rules are public, uh, the score is kept, that we can excel and we can still do that today. You know, Robert, uh, you have such a good point. Julian, Julian, hold on. Um, okay. The reason I want to keep I want to keep pushing this and keep pushing and keep pushing this, because I need our black audience to stop thinking small. So, so let me explain that. We are. And I'm just going to use a black media example. We are often asked here here five thousand dollars for the ad, yet. The white daily newspaper is charging a hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. Just look, here's, 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 okay. If it's ten thousand dollars, Julian, that money typically is not coming from the advertising budget. It's coming from the community relations budget. And what mm -hmm. happens is, is that our people, who are desperate for any dollar, accepts the pennies. And then goes, yeah, it's not, but thank you. As opposed to saying on principle, no, hell no. If you not going to pay me, uh, uh, if you ain't going to pay me half, not, not even all of it, but even half, you trying to pay me 10 cents and 5 cents or 1 cent on the dollar? No, I'm not going to take it. The only way we are going to change this is when we have the courage to say, no, no, hell no, and I'm going to call you out if you keep trying to play me small. This lawsuit is a way to say, y'all want to go? We're going to take you to court because you ain't playing us small. You know, that's the beauty of boycotts. Uh, last week when I was on, we were talking about the Democratic Party and the 260-some uh, million dollars that they were going to do an ad buy on, and I was... Actually, I think I tried to send you a text saying our share of that is 20% at least. We should have 20% of that for black-owned media outlets at least. We have to begin to say that kind of thing and just put our feet down and say no to the no to the no. When, if, if we look at the issue of black industriousness, at the end of enslavement, we had $1 for every $36 that white people had. By 1910, it was $1 for every $13 that white people had. We closed 
We didn't we didn't close, but we narrowed the wealth gap. Now we're at about one dollar for every ten dollars that white people have in wealth. In other words, it took us um, 30, 40 years to basically cut the gap by two thirds, and now we're still where we were. Why? Because the Jim Crow era essentially took away our economic independence by law, by law, by federal law. Basically, we were disallowed to accumulate, disallowed to participate, disallowed to do any number of things. Now, I don't want to go all the way back there on, on, in terms of memory lane, but the reason to go back there is because we need to understand why. There's no deficiency on our part. It is a conspiracy on white people's part. No deficiency, but a conspiracy. And so that's why reparations is important, because we're not only looking at Rosewood and Tulsa and Wilmington, North Carolina, we're also looking at sundown towns and the ways that our stuff was taken from us, <clears throat> in addition to the way that black people were forced into wage contracts that did not allow us to even bargain for our wages. So the brother who's talking about what's happening in Newark with his blueprint plan, he's right on time, and that we need to support him I'm glad that he's in Newark because I do think that Raz Baraka would basically be supportive. But you often see these white folks saying, oh, no, that's not fair. Well, you know what's not fair is that we've been here 400 and some years and you keep taking our but, stuff. And not only do you take it, but you create laws to make it easy for you to take it. And people like Scott Bolden, so, he has good sense sometimes. He knows how to create these lawsuits to say, no, you can't do that. <coughs> Scott, again, though, this so, is, is going to segue into our next story. We, we have to be we have to be of a mind frame. And that's why I kept I kept telling people public dollars. Those are yes. black and brown dollars. I'm trying to yes. get these black people who are retirees or public workers to say, y'all have the power to change the system by saying you are not going. If, if you're in New Jersey, if you're watching me in New Jersey right now, that that investment board, that's your money. That, that's your Andrew. money. And so for them to say we don't, according, according to the lawsuit, uh, we ain't down with doing business with minority firms. What they're saying is we're going to take your black dollars and we're going to make money off of your black dollars. But we are not going to invest your black dollars with black people who look like you. Scott, go ahead. Uh, you're absolutely right. And but but they're not in the streets protesting that the, the, it, for, for your audience. What it took for Jacob, your guest, what he's done is filed that lawsuit. It makes all the sense in the world. Right. But he has put his business model and all of his business at risk. He could easily be blackballed. And it takes time and money and resources to file the lawsuit that he filed. And when you say, Roland, I agree with you, we should not take 10 cents on the dollar from those advertising agencies. We should demand more. But the reality is, and I'd love to hear your response to this, is that most of our black media, uh, they got to eat. They got to pay bills. And so they wind up taking 10 cents on the dollar because they feel like they don't have a choice and they got to pay bills. And if they can grow a little bit at the time versus putting up the big fight and the philosophical stance that they should stay, take, most should, but most don't have the courage to do that. And so we got to figure well, out that's, that. But hold on, and that's the difference. 
No, 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 no. Now here's the deal, though. What okay. you just said, you said the current. I'm listening. Go Look, right this, ahead. this is real. This is this is real simple. This is real simple. If I ain't eating now, I ain't gonna eat tomorrow. If if, if I take your That's ten cents a dollar. No, 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 no. But see, again, though, well, and again, though, that's why I'm saying they have a broke mentality. And what has to happen is, and this is real clear, unless they are willing to tell somebody, no, no, hell no. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to expose you. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let my readers know. And I'm going to let my listeners know. And I'm going to let my followers mm-hmm. know. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to get with some other black media people. And I'm going to call them and say, how much did you get? Oh, oh, they, they, they only gave you uh, 10000 too? Well, let's be in this thing together. And then we're going to call you and you. But see, here's the difference. This is how they win, Scott. They win when they can pick us off. Pick you off one by one. Exactly. But if you walk in exactly. as exactly. a group of 20, but that's what I keep trying to say. And that's what's going on. So having this show allows for a Jacob to be able to come on, amplify his story, because CNBC not calling him. Fox Business is not calling him. CNN is not calling him. ABC, NBC, CBS is not calling him. See, so here's what's going to happen next. I'm going to pick the phone up. And I'm going to call that New Jersey board and I'm going to say, question, how much money y'all managing? Question, how many black firms are managing money and how much? Question, how many black female firms are managing money? See, they they don't want that phone call. The reason they are able to get over is because black media is small. And so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You don't fund us, so therefore we can't have the power to make that phone call. Let me let all these folk know out here, this show is in the black. That means (laughs) we're making money. That means I'm going to keep making money, and that's why my folks give. That's why the members giving, the viewers giving, because, see, when they give... I can hire producers and I can hire reporters. And what we gonna do? We gonna call their asses one by one, and we gonna well, bro, and see, what's, you, and see, that's the uh, deal. You have they, the are, they are to do used that. to most business leaders who are African American don't. They gotta eat. That's a well, reality. Guess what? You gotta guess what? And, and what I'm trying to tell them is they're not going to eat. Wait, 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 one second, one second, one second. Hold up, hold up, hold up. My next story. My, no, 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 wait, wait. My next story is going to show you why they're not going to eat. A recent report found that 41% of black-owned businesses have been financially hurt by COVID-19 compared to just 17% of white-owned businesses. Now, you're dealing with the stress of the virus, systemic racism, economic disparities. And so, y'all, let me know when Lamar Tyler is back on the phone. This, Julianne, is my point. If black businesses don't coalesce and stand together and work and and unify, then guess what? They're going to stay broke. We're going to keep, please, can we we get a little bit? Can we get a little bit? And all I'm saying is, to your on this point right here, the, the, ad, the ad industry is $100 billion a year, Julian. Black media is getting 
very small amount. Imagine, imagine, imagine if there's a coalition of black newspapers and black cable networks and black online businesses and black digital businesses who are standing together. That could be powerful. Uh, you said, guys, uh, you said Lamar's back. All right, Lamar Tyler uh, joins us right now. He's a creator and founder of Traffic Sales and Profits. He's a business coach who teaches African American entrepreneurs how to exponentially grow their business. Look, Lamar, very simple. I, I, I'm, I'm talking about this here because what we are dealing with, we are dealing with. We got to have black businesses in 2020 who have the courage to align with black folks to advocate for our interests and stop falling for the okie doke and taking pennies on the dollar. Hey, you know what, Roland, you are totally correct. And that's exactly we need businesses that rise up, businesses that not only create new positions or new jobs for themselves, right? Because we see too oftentimes in our community where someone leaves a nine to five, they create a business, but all they really do is create a new job for themselves, right? We have a lot of solo solopreneurs in our community. So we need people that'll come and build enterprises that they can grow and scale so then we can employ other black people in our communities and begin to shift the economic outlook of what our black communities look like. And, and also, I, I need these black people, okay, who don't know a damn thing about business, like, man, you out here begging white folks for money. I'm sorry, let's see. If white ad agencies are controlling the advertising agency, who the hell you think I'm going to talk to? If you have white folks who are controlling the pension funds, who the hell you think we're going to talk to? I mean, th that's why I listen to some of these people that need to shut up and understand that, first of all, if you ain't running no business, all you're doing is running your mouth. You know, and that's totally right. And the thing is, now is the best time ever to run a business. What I always like to say is that the gatekeepers, are, and your show right here is exact proof of it, the gatekeepers are gone. Due to the rise of technology, um, uh, the lowering cost of what it costs to actually create and do things, cameras, equipment, websites, and the rise of social media, for the first time ever, if you're sitting there thinking, okay, I have a great idea, you can connect directly to consumers, you can connect directly with business owners by leveraging things like Facebook, like Instagram, like Twitter, in ways that you never could before because there was a middleman in place. So if you've been on the sidelines like Roland's talking about, instead of just waiting there and hoping that something happens, now is your chance to actually get in the game and make something happen for you and your community. What are you saying to these black businesses who are saying, oh my God, COVID, what do I do? I have no idea where I'm going to go. I'm just withering on the vine. What are you telling them? I'm telling them that now is the time where you either will lead or you will be led. I'll repeat that. You will lead or you will be led. And, and the importance of it is that you need to really look and, sh and shift your mindset around what's happening in the marketplace right now. Right? What I always like to say is that whenever there's crisis, there's also opportunity. As you know, Roland, whenever there is crisis, there's also a transfer of wealth. And coming out of this thing, as crazy as things are, there are going to be people that make a lot of money. There will be businesses that are here that were not here before this spring, right? There will be enterprises. There will be, um, you know, a lot of money that transfers hands. A lot of people will get money and funds from the government, and they're giving it to someone. Why not you? Why not if you're someone is watching this and you're thinking, I want to create a business, why can't you put yourself in that position? So what I'm telling business owners is, what are the problems and challenges that people are having right now? 
what can you do to create solutions, services, and products to overcome those challenges and problems that people are having? Or maybe you need to even pivot from the thing that you've been doing for the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years to put yourself in a position, like I said, to overcome those challenges, to get to the money, and to create a new business so that when you come out of this thing, you're in a better position than you were before. And you're not only just trying to survive through this time, but you're actually in a position where you thrive. So I, I need you to answer this here because I, I, I love all these black folks who holler. Uh, but what about Black Wall Street? Uh, we did it then. That's, but if they also even understand that there are many sectors you can have a business in today that, is that, that you're not actually operating solely based upon black people who are uh, renting your hotel room or going to, your, going to your ice cream shop or your restaurant. That's... I mean, so I think for a lot of black folks, there's this fantasy land about black Wall Street that they don't really understand anything about. You know, and I, I think for um, everyone that's watching, right, I, I think what you're saying is true. We need to really look at what's the opportunity, who does my product or service, you know, lend itself to, and who can get a hold of it. And the, the benefit, again, the, the businesses that we see that are thriving, thriving, thriving big time right now are businesses that are, are tapped into the Internet. Businesses that are leveraging the opportunities there for you to have a global fan base. You can be in Atlanta, you can be in Chicago, you can be in Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth or Mississippi, but you can have clients not just all over this country, but in other countries, in the UK, in China, right, in uh, Brazil or places all around the world. They want a hold of what you have to offer. So I think what you're speaking to right now is how can we take the, the blinders off and see what's the bigger opportunity here for my product, for my service, so I can get into the hands of people all around this globe and then use that impact and then funnel that money back into my community. I'm glad you said that. There's this person on here, Mao Ha Lee on YouTube, who just really said just, I don't think uh, this person didn't realize how dumb the comedy is, said, uh, Roland TV Jakes both want money. Well, Mao, let me help you out. We just had a black man on who's filing a lawsuit because they're being locked out of investment dollars. Hey, mile high, if I get money, and if Lamar gets money, or Scott gets money, or Robert gets money, or Julian gets money, and we build enough capital reserves, we can now invest in somebody else's idea or business. That's what you do with money. Now, because it's all the people out there who complain about Bob Johnson and Sheila Johnson selling BET, they don't even realize they have more people who work for them today than they did when they owned BET. They actually own more assets today than they did when they owned BET. And so they took the, they, they took the $3.3 billion. They got, they got uh, John Malone got like a billion of that. They got the other two plus billion. They have now taken that and have now invested that and bought hotels, car dealerships, resorts, golf courses, on and on and on, and have given money away, that's what you do when you get money. You are in a position to now be able to help others. Lamar, final comment. Yeah, and what you're saying is exactly right. And I think that is what we need to do. How can we grow businesses? How can we scale businesses? If you're watching right now, you have a side hustle. How can you take that side hustle into your main hustle and then grow it, grow it, grow it? And then realize also, Roland, that guess what? Your children may not want that business. Your, your grandchildren may not want that business. So how can I really make it into a legacy play where you're talking about? So my one business is the catalyst for five, 10, 15 businesses down the line or the capital 
right? And the resources that we can tie back into the community so that my one business now becomes the economic engine for 20, 50, 100 businesses that can grow from here, that can prosper from here, that can hire and employ other black people from here and keep the ball moving moving, so that we can really stand on the shoulder of the ancestors and those before us and have those people that come after us do the same in their shoes. All right, Lamar Tyler, uh, the uh, give your book is The Gatekeepers Are Gone, Hustle Plus Technology Equals Success. Where can people uh, check it out? Um, they can check it out on Amazon, and also they can go to our website, www.trafficsalesandprofit.com. They can get a hold of our books. They can get a hold of a ton of free resources for entrepreneurs and join our free Facebook group of 14,000 African-American purpose-driven entrepreneurs there to help assist and equip you with what you need in your business. Lamar, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Julian, I want to go back to you because, and, and the reason I want to, so here's a, here's a perfect example, Julian. So I, I'm wearing the Black Voters Matter shirt. When we are able to generate money, when we are able to create wealth, we then now can fund our own get out the vote efforts. We then now could fund politicians. We, we then now uh, could fund ballot initiatives like the one Desmond and Sheena Mead did in Florida that's restored the voting rights to upwards of 1.4 million people. It, it, it is amazing to me to listen to folk, again, who run their mouths, who, who, don't, who don't control nothing, but then want to talk about what you should do in business. And then when somebody says, uh, you, you just trying to make money. Well, yeah, I ain't trying to be broke. I, I just think that <laughs> but I just think in black America, in black America, we desperately need, in black America, we desperately need a reprogramming because we have been, we have so accepted second class citizenship from white supremacy that we literally are articulating what they have said about us and they ain't got to say a word because we're doing it for them. Julian, go ahead. It's hardwired in our brains because of white supremacy, but we have the opportunity now in the 21st century to get past that. That someone would send you a text or email, whatever, saying you just try to make money. Like you said, you're not trying to be broke. You know, I guess our ancestors or the, the religious folks used to preach that money was a root of all evil. No, it's a lack of money that's the root of all evil. Um, <laughs> the Bible actually says love of money. But it's a lack of money that's the root of all evil. And we see that lack reverberated <laughs> in our communities. And so we're so very easily ripped off. I like what the brother was saying, Lamar, about how you know you can make businesses grow. You don't have to have a business as an operated. You can have a business as an investment. We're looking in the black community at a $1.3 trillion economy. We're looking at a slice of this big old economy. We're not having our fair share of the slice. Part of it is because of discrimination, but part of it is because we don't demand it. I mean, when you look at the conversations you keep having rolling about the small slice we get and how content we are for it, we go to a corporation and ask for money, buy a table for a dinner, not invest in this opportunity. So they give you 10 right. grand, they bought a table for the dinner, you're happy. That doesn't do anything for the community. And that's but, where we are, so, but see, and Robert, it's very unfortunate, but we can do better. Robert, I, I got to go to you next one. because I, I got Here's a perfect example of how some people are stuck on stupid and who don't know how to connect the dots. 
Somebody goes by the five-star review on YouTube. We will be slaves if we voted for Jim Crow Biden and his sidekick Kamala. Okay, so let me unpack that. Robert, you in Atlanta. No, 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 Listen, listen. Let me unpack this because, see, I'm about to expose how idiotic this person is and people who think like that because when these people say, oh, well, you can't get nothing out of politics. Maynard Jackson runs for mayor of Atlanta. 1973, black people are getting 0.0012% of all city contracts. He says unacceptable. He then says black people aren't sitting on the boards of all of these banks and major companies. He says unacceptable. He then says if y'all want to do business with the city, this has got to change. Now, here's what I know this because I talked to Ron Busby with U.S. Black Chambers, Inc., when uh, when Trump came into office, now all y'all want to be, we all lack so conscious, black power people listening, pay attention. What Maynard did was he took large contracts that black business could not qualify for, broke them up into smaller prime contracts, which allowed for them to be able to get the contract because the rules are set up. You can only bid on a prime contract if you've been a prime before. Now, what did Trump do? Trump Pence comes in, and what they do, they took a lot of these smaller contracts that happened under Obama and then said, large contracts. Uh-oh. Put them all together, which meant black businesses could not qualify for the large contracts. So... If you say you care about business, this is how you should be looking at Trump, Pence, Biden, Harris. You should be saying, huh, under Trump, Pence, have black business being able to access contracts in commerce, in HUD, in HHS, in interior, at the Pentagon, in all of the various agencies? Huh, could we potentially be able to access these contracts here. The Department of Defense spends $600 million annually on advertising alone. Hmm, I wonder how many black-owned media companies are getting some of that $600 million. So now, if, you're, if your focus is black business, you should be saying, Trump, Pence, Biden, Harris, who is likely going to give black businesses more access to government contracts, then government funding to be able to cap to be able to have the capital to go through those contracts. That's how you make a methodical decision, and that's how you use your vote for economic power, Robert. Uh, well, remember the first rule of politics is who gets what when, and until we uh, prize ourselves and uh, avail ourselves of all of those possibilities, we're going to be getting left behind. What we what we do with the uh, Southeast Region Rainbow Push is work with Black farmers throughout the region. We, matter of fact, we have a conference called tomorrow, a town hall with Black farmers, where we connect them with federal resources, uh, with loan programs, with uh, with investments, uh, with financial planners, because that's an area that is being ignored. We spend so much time talking about 
about, you know, your kids have to be a doctor, have to be a lawyer, have to go uh, go to this, that, and the other school. We have to look at the fundamentals of the economy and the fundamentals of business and explain to each other in a each one, uh, each one, reach one, each one, teach one fashion how that we can grow and excel. When I first started um, my law practice out of uh, out of law school, it was out of necessity, not out of a plan. And in the first three, four, five years was just learning the business aspects of it. One of the biggest issues we had with small businesses when these federal loan programs came out um, pursuant to COVID was not having your taxes in order for the last several years, not having your profit and loss statement. So we have to work on building and gaining as entrepreneurs and in black business in all parts of the economy and not simply assuming someone else is going to do uh, get it for us. But, 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 but there's I'm another aspect of that though, here. Roland. What, 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 I'm, what I'm trying to unpack here, Scott, is I'm trying to get people to stop being so emotional about politics and understand that politics is transactional. It's a return on your investment. Nobody says I'm going to give a can I'm going to max out to a candidate just because I just love them. Now, some folk do. But the reality is <laughs> you must say I need to get something in return. So when I listen to the people say we ain't going to get nothing out of Biden Harris. Well, first of all, if you have no ask, then you won't get anything. Second of all, if you have no infrastructure put in place to then be able to try to make the demand, you're not going to get anything. That's where we must be thinking. We must be operating very simply, Scott, saying Trump, Pence, Biden, Harris, if this is what I want, who am I likely going to get it from, them or them? That's a very basic understanding of politics. Your final comment on this. Yeah, these are business decisions. These aren't emotional decisions. They're no permanent friends. They're permanent interest, right? And so you can invest in a candidate with your money, but if your candidate gets elected at the local or federal level, right? Let's say Biden and Harris get elected. What are we going to make them do? Because they're not going to do it just because we agree on the philosophical issue of criminal justice reform or economic empowerment or access to capital for black businesses, right? We have to make them do it. That's the coalition building you talk talk about a lot. We can't stay at the inauguration. Not this time. We have got to make Biden Harris do what we want them to do. Not just because they owe us, because every other coalition in America understands politics and the leverage their money and their numbers and their coalitions mean. We've got to leverage it. We can't stay at the inauguration because we got a black VP. And look, I just want to let everybody know. I need everybody to understand, okay? I know the business that I'm in. I'm in media. And I'm telling y'all right now, Biden-Harris win, I want an audit of every federal agency when it comes to advertising spending, and I want to know how much money is going to black owned firms. I want to know what black ad agencies have been hired to distribute and manage those funds as well. I want to know where it's all going. Y'all, that's And then what you going to do? You Once you make... get that information, what you going to do, Rose? Oh, no, no. no. Oh, you know damn well what I'm going to do. If we don't understand inequality, no, 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 we won't do no. anything about it. Once you have the information, you can do something about it, Scott. I agree. I want him to share it, though. Here's the deal. Scott, 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 no, 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 Scott. 
No, 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 Scott. I don't need to share what I'm going to do when I get the information. All I'm going to say is just watch. <laughs> going to a break, we come back. All right, we're I'm gonna, gonna let you we're going to a break. You, you get my point. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, no, I ain't miss your no, no, no. I, 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 I ain't miss your point. You didn't hear my point. <laughs> See, I, you ain't gonna I, share I, I, it yet. I, I, I'm gonna watch. Hold up. No, 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 no. You, I've already done it. No, here, here, here's all I'm saying. Y'all, y'all heard me. Y'all heard me go after Young and Rubicam when it came to that census money. Just understand. Since his ass gonna start running on this show on Monday, I told you to watch what I say right. and do. I'll be back on Roller Martin Unfiltered in a moment. You want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to rollermartinunfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. rollermartinunfiltered.com. In 1917, the, the great, the great pandemic certainly was a terrible thing, where they lost anywhere from 50 to 100 million people. Probably ended the Second World War. The soldiers were sick. Very soon now, it's moving day for 25 million Americans. They'll be moving from their homes and apartments, from the places they've raised families and made memories. Not by choice, but because the Trump evictions are starting soon. The Trump foreclosures. He wrecked the economy. With all of the trials and tribulations that we read about every night, much of it totally fake news and now heartlessly rejects even $600 a week to unemployed Americans. So that people are going to want to go back to work as opposed to making so much money that they really don't have to. The man in this house doesn't give a damn if you lose yours. On November 3rd, remember, it's America or Trump. The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. Our nation is hurting. More Americans have died in the last three months than ever before. The worst economy since the Great Depression. Anger and division. It's time for us to come together and remember who we are. Americans. Joe Biden is the president for this moment. A man tested by tragedy, proven in a crisis. A leader who acts through compassion and strength, not anger and weakness. Standing with him, Kamala Harris. A strong voice for a better America. Daughter of immigrants, a passion for justice. A happy warrior in the battle for the soul of America. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris is the America we believe in. Where hard work means more than family wealth. Where compassion and kindness are strengths, not weaknesses. This is the America of our better angels. The best of America. Strong, compassionate, determined. On November 3rd, a new beginning. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. It's time. The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. I want to start with you, uh, Julian, and that that eviction um, uh, commercial. That, that's really going to be powerful. And I, and I think Reverend Barber's been talking about this here. Uh, he keeps saying 
focus on the issues. If you get caught up in uh, Trump's nicknames or get caught up in uh, when Senator Kamala Harris was a DA, all this sort of stuff along those, those lines. No, no, no. What's going to be powerful is that when you hit on those evictions, when you hit on that unemployment money that's being cut, when you hit on trying to end the Affordable Care Act, those things are going to matter, especially in those rural communities where those hospitals have been shutting down. You're absolutely right, Roland. I mean, I think that it's, it's fun and games to call him what I call him the chucklehead in chief or whatever. But the fact is that we have more than 30 million people who have lost their jobs. Many of the jobs will not come back. As you said earlier in this program, 41% of African-American-owned businesses have shut down. The eviction piece is huge because this man says he can prevent people from evicting. He cannot. If you, if you own an apartment building and people live, you, you, he can't tell people not to evict people. There, there's, the law does not allow him to do that. He is basically posturing. But the fact is that so many of us have gotten caught up in the fact that the man is a big old fool that we have not looked at substance. He says that he is in favor of um, funding pre-existing conditions. We already have that with the Affordable Care Act. He doesn't, he doesn't believe in that. So the substance of the perfidy of this administration is what we really need to talk about. It doesn't just affect black people, although it affects us more, but it affects all Americans. As Reverend Barbara has very brilliantly laid out, Officially, we have about 40 million poor people. But when we talk about near poverty, people on the edge, we're talking about more like 140 million poor people. And that's the question that Dr. King asked. What kind of society creates that many poor people? And so we really have, there's a lot of work to do, but part of it is to get off the uh, comedy soapbox and really get into the issues and how they affect every individual. Because people are really hurting. Uh, in I don't know how many cities, you know, food food banks, you know, over oversubscribed, over demanded. The six hundred dollars would make a lot of difference to a lot of people. It is not there anymore. And now they come back and well, maybe we'll give you three, maybe we'll give you two, or will your city kick in? Cities can't kick in. Cities have seen their budgets cut. Robert Bombas is here. Uh, pocketbook issues matter. And again, I think. If if you're Biden and you're Harris with these with these these viral these viral ads, that's what we're going to be. You're going to be you're going to be seeing more of uh, when you have this here. Uh, absolutely, and I, I enjoyed the second ad because I think that we're finally moving into the positive campaigning territory where we're talking about the contrast between the candidates policy-wise. Uh, what the Biden-Harris campaign will be able to do is just what Elizabeth Warren did during the primary, which is say, I have an actual plan for that, and contrast that with the hope-based approach of the current administration, hoping the virus will go away, hoping that um, uh, voodoo pills and magical uh, potions will, uh, uh, will be able to clear these things up, hoping that... Uh, uh, um, uh, that suddenly there will be a vaccine on the horizon instead of putting together the hard decisions and hard choices that have to be made and understanding that the American people are in a position right now where it's all hands on deck. It is not a, well, if things get better later on, something has to happen right now. We are on the, we have the unemployment crisis. We're going to have the eviction crisis. Next will be the healthcare crisis uh, and the credit crisis that's going to come when all these bills come due from the people who maxed out their credit cards during this period of time. So we need plans. We need leadership right now. That's what I think these ads are preparing to show us. Scott. But whose narrative is that? Whose narrative is that? Whether it's the Dems or independent, Donald Trump has to own this narrative. 
the 70-day delay, his non-belief in, in science. He can blame China if he wants, but it, his narrative, the ramification, the, human, the depth of human life, the economy, the job loss, the evictions, all emanate from COVID-19. And while he may not have triggered or, or started COVID-19, he certainly ignored it for 70 days. And now we're living his ramifications of his poor choice in this. The Democrats, you're right, have to have positive ads and say, I got a plan for that. Robert, you're a big proponent of that. But this COVID narrative and the cause and effect of it, we have got to continue to, to purposefully and truthfully hang it around his neck. Because when you see people in your family dying, job loss, losing homes and apartments, the economy and joblessness, and you tie it to COVID, and it's his narrative, his responsibility, and he lives in denial or has no leadership or plan, that's more than enough to say enough is enough. You can be a Republican and say enough is enough because the numbers are creeping up on COVID and the long-term effect, even if you recover from it, affecting your liver and kidneys is real. Just because you didn't die from it, you're still living Donald Trump's narrative. That's got to be a political campaign issue and what's got to drive home the reality of this, which, which means life isn't getting better for most Americans. And then the rest of the Americans who don't have it, we live in fear of getting it, but more importantly, we live in fear that there is no resolution for us if we do get it. That's a campaign message the Democrats have got to hit home. All right. Scott Bolden, Rob Portillo, and Julian Malvo. We really appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Thank Thank you. You. Up next, Wild It Out Wednesday, the comedian Jackie Fabulous is in the house. That's next on Roller Martin Unfiltered. You want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to rollermartinunfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. rollermartinunfiltered.com. Folks, Wild Out Wednesday, and we are glad to have the comedian Jackie Fabulous in the house. Jackie, what's up? Hey, what's going on? Hi, Roland, Mr. Martin. Nice to meet you. Uh, well, you, you got to pick. You, I, look, Mr. Martin is my daddy. I'm Roland, so we all good. We all good. <laughs> okay. So let's get, let's get right to it. You you you've been you've been watching uh, all of this uh, craziness uh, that's going on. What do you make of all these black folks? Like, oh, comma, she ain't black enough. No, she ain't African-American. No, her dad's Jamaican. Mama Indian. Oh, come on. Oh, you know what? I'm Jamaican, so I'm obnoxious already. I'm like, all right, we got a sister <laughs> coming in the White House. <laughs> I'm related to her only by, because I want to. There's no other reason. And um, I'm excited. I'm not going to lie. I cried. I, uh, I cry every, like, 20 minutes because I'm in disbelief still. And I'm also bracing myself for all the racism and sexism that's about to happen, or has already happened, you know, because nobody wants to see a so, black woman, a black woman succeed, whether it's you know politics or hip hop or make the best biscuits. They don't want us to, to win. I don't know what the problem is. 
So you so you said so you you said you're Jamaican and you say you're a black woman. So what happened when you when you hear these people who say, oh no, you ain't really a black woman because you you Jamaican, so you ain't really black. You know, when I walk around Nordstrom and I have a police precinct follow me around, I feel black. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I got the same struggles. Everybody, I'm as black as black can be. What makes you black? The people who say this, ask them also, okay, what how do you define blackness? What makes me black? And a lot of them will get tongue-tied. My, my, my relatives are black, ancestors are black, grandparents, everyone as far back you can go is as black as ever. And I was raised black. You know, I am black. I celebrate blackness. People who say that, I'm always like, define blackness to me. And they never can. So they're ignorant. I, I don't really argue with ignorance. Well, you know, it, it's amazing because, you know, you got all these people who say, well, yeah, but, you know, uh, somebody sent me a quote from John Henry Clark who said, the only difference between us and your people, y'all got dropped off before we got dropped off. <laughs> you know, it was funny. If I'm not black, then I want them to tell me, what am I then? You know, like, if, if you can't check off that I'm 100% black, what would you define me as? They couldn't answer that question either. Whenever they say you're not, I'm like, well, then tell me what I am. And they can never answer that second part. I'm like, you guys don't have the proof. You're making up stuff. They're insecure in their own blackness for some reason. It comes from ignorance and insecurity. I'm as black as they get. And who was dropped off when? Once again, I'm sure I got slaves. If you open the book and go to the last page, there's plenty of slavery in my background also. I was born in America, but my whole family is Jamaican. As long as you are labeled as black when I fill out any paperwork, I'm black. <laughs> All right, so prior to Biden announcing Kamala Harris, the big story that folks were talking about was Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, WAP, WAP, whatever they want to call it, you had some, some thoughts about all this. Woo, well, it will be nice and call them thoughts. It's really just anger. But now it's kind of dissipated the thoughts. Um, I don't know what it is. I, you know what? Yesterday was hip-hop's birthday. Hip-hop is now 47 years old. So this is apropos. This all comes out around now. Since hip-hop, and they, and they, they changed it to hip-hop. It's really, in my day, it's called rap. It's just rap. Since rap has started... They've been talking about sex. At first, it was about who's the best DJ, who can pop and lock the best. And then it became all about sex. But by men, with the occasional Roxanne Shante, Real Roxanne, Nikki D, they would pop in, Little Kim. So now that we have two rich ladies minding their own business, doing what they do, they're on brand with their, with their song. Men and people overall are losing their minds. We're only allowed to celebrate our sexiness if men are the leaders of the movement. When we lead the movement, they're like, well, this is so horrorish, and how could you? What do you expect Cardi B to rap about? Jesus? I mean, she loves the Lord. I know this, but she's not going to, you know, world change, world hunger. Her, her brand is sexual, as is Meg. And the song is catchy as hell. These people need to relax. And the people who have the most problems probably need the most sex. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was it was kind of interesting that CeeLo Green would have a few uh, words to say. I don't understand. Do they know? Can they define the word hypocrisy? What the hell, CeeLo? What, didn't he, he... He was quoted as saying that raping or alleged rape of a, of a dead body is not considered rape. And then he had the nerve to, to post anything? 
part of me is like, you know why people who are allegedly guilty of inappropriate sexual behavior is they, they want to get back in the news. Because you're the last person we want to hear. That's like OJ uh, joining a panel about murder. You don't... Well, you shut the hell up. You are not the one we want to hear from. Maybe he's been home. He's bored. He's tired of his wife and kids. He needs to get back in the news. So now this song about WAP, he's like, oh, I'm going to talk now. I ain't been on, on a television camera in five months or maybe more than that. CeeLo was the last person to speak. My God. Uh, I saw that was, that was a, a video you had posted uh, 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 your comedy act, and you were like, look, y'all, uh, y'all got to send me some money, so please uh, share this. And uh, you had me rolling when you were talking about uh, sex in your stand-up act. I, I mean, I was hollering uh, when, you were, when you were making it clear uh, to all these young bucks out here. You know, part of, part of my, my brand is to educate. My audience are women. That's who I do stand-up for. That's who's in most stand-up comedy comedy club audiences. Mostly women. They force their men and boyfriends and husbands to come. But women make up most of the comedy fans out there. And my jokes are always relatable. They're like, Jackie, I thought I was the only one. And because I'm, you know, not a, a spring chicken anymore, I'm, I'm in my 40s, boys don't understand that women don't tell them the truth. And I'm a truth teller. You know, the sky is the humor. But my goal is to make you laugh, feel like you can relate to me, and learn something. You're going to leave my shows. You'll be like, you know what? I had no idea we shouldn't do that. I'm going to help you understand. <laughs> oh, so essentially, <laughs> you are a comedic Dr. Ruth. You know Oh, I like that. Woo! Can I steal that? I'm about to write that down somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to use it. Yes, a comedic Dr. Ruth. Yes, so comedic your Dr. comedy Ruth. is like a... That. Uh, Thank you. Yes, yes, your yes, your comedy is a, a sex therapy session. Sure, <laughs> it can be. It can be with, with no. And you know what's funny? People associate a sexual comic act act with promiscuity or I don't love God. I wasn't raised right. I was raised. I have two family households. I love God, and I'm you know I'm kind of single, but not really. But usually the comics who talk about sex all the time. We're okay, not hold on. Stop. 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 Hold up. Stop. Stop right there. Hold up. What the what? hell is I'm kind of single? That's like, what, I'm a little bit pregnant? What is I'm kind of single? What the hell is that? Well, you, I'm not going to make any big proclamations during the quarantine. While we all are being bombarded with COVID-19, I'm not going to give anybody a label because right now it might not be real. I'm having fun. I'm having a good time with one guy, and we started dating when COVID-19 hit in March, March 12th. And it's been fun, but it hasn't been realistic. I haven't gone to work, really, the way I used to. So wait until the, the virus is under control and I'm back on an airplane touring the world and we'll see how real he and I are. <laughs> well, first, here's my other, I got to ask you. You doing a show, you doing a show in front of a green screen, ain't you supposed to put something behind it? You know, this, this green screen, I, I created a show and I shot the pilot for it a few days ago. So we had my background. No, no, let, me, let me just, hold up, hold up, let me help you out. Yes. Let me help you out with something, okay? Yes. yes. Right here. Okay, hold up. Yes. Hold up. Let me help. I'm trying to I'm trying to take this off so uh so I can help cuz if you're going to do a green screen, I'm just saying like, you know, like do a green screen. Well, we're, we're on FaceTime. That's why how you change a green screen on FaceTime. We're not on Zoom. If this was Zoom, I would give you something. 
Yeah, but you can also, uh, you know, you know, they have apps for that. I know. Look, Roland, I ain't had time for all that, man. Isn't this, this is flattering? And I'm wearing a, a, a safari shirt that makes the green pop. <laughs> I don't have any. Usually, you know what no, I usually I mean, have? Just, uh, I, usually, I usually have this in the background and my, my law degree, because I have a law degree. I'm a lawyer. I, I know. I have all that showing. But today, it's just my face. This is all you get. Yeah, I, I just want to show you, just so you know, I, I, okay. I, I'm at home, uh, Jackie. You, you see this? Yeah. You, you see this? Yes, it's a green screen, Jackie. Just, I'm I just don't see let you anything, know. actually. And Hold not... on. I don't okay, see that's anything. Right. Actually, all so I you're see is see... my box. I, I... Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. That's right, because not the feedback. So try... When you see the video playback, you'll see that I put my green screen up, but then uh, we'll okay. also have the Teach graphics. Me. So, so, Teach me, since, Your since, Honor. So, Teach since, me. So, yeah, since, since your comedy is sex, is, uh, sex therapy, uh, I'll give you a free technology consult uh, to, uh, to help your that. interviews. But I don't want people to watch it and think, I'm not, I don't really talk about sex in a raunchy way because what you, the, the comedy you No, saw, you don't. No, I'm serious. Okay, okay, hold on. Let me explain, explain you. It was no, a no. Saturday. I'm scrolling and I came yeah. across your, it was like a seven minute video. On Twitter? I was, I was, I was hollering cracking up. I nice. sent my booker, Jackie, I sent Jackie Clark. I'm telling you what happened. I sent okay. Jackie Clark, my booker, a text. I was like, get her ass on the show. She is, this was hilarious. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that was, so that yeah, was so from you were, you a were show It was funny. It was funny. Thank you. That, that was from this week at the Comedy Cellar on Comedy Central. And, and I taped that right before the, the virus shut the world down. So I appreciate you retweeting me and telling the world about me. Yes, indeed. All right, so you said, look, you said, look, y'all. I ain't working. I need some money. We always do this with our comedians. Uh, give folks your cash app. Oh, my cash app is dollar sign Jackie Fabulous. Very easy. Dollar sign J-A-C-K-I-E-S-A-B-U-L-O-U-S. And fun fact for you, Roland, today is my birthday, August 12th. All right, then. Well, happy birthday. Thank you very much, sir. So y'all send, send Jackie some money on her cash app. It's her birthday. Uh, and y'all um, y'all make it rain. Make it rain. Do it. Do make it, it to me. Make, make Go to my rain. website, JackieFabulous.com, so you can find me on social media and get to know me. I appreciate it, Roland. Make it rain so much that she'll put on Rihanna's birthday cake uh, for her birthday and her almost single uh, coronavirus man. All right, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Roland. Take care. I, I appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. All right, y'all. That is it for us, Roland Mark Unfiltered. Let me read y'all the names of our uh, folks who've given to our fan club who've given 50 bucks or more. They all get shout-outs. Let me find uh, the email here. I was so busy sitting having fun with Jack. I didn't pull up uh, the email. Here we go. Shout-out here. Uh, the names. Uh, and affordable handyman services. Barry Ruley, Brian Singleton, Corbin Payne, Cynthia Larkin, Deidre Beckford, Gregory Long, Janae, Kenneth Van, Kimberly Jefferson, Melba Mitchell, Nadine Clipper, Reginald Freeman, Rona Evans, Sean Gray, Sherry Edmonds, Flett, Talisha Douglas, Trina Hodges, Wesley Dent, Yvonne Warren. If y'all support us in what we do, 
Cash App, dollar sign RM Unfiltered, PayPal.me forward slash R Martin Unfiltered, Venmo.com forward slash RM Unfiltered. You can also send us a money order to New Vision Media Inc., NU Vision Media Inc., 1625 K Street Northwest, Suite 400, Washington, D.C., 2006. Folks, don't forget, listen to our Roland Martin Unfiltered audio podcast. You can listen to it and download it from iHeartRadio app. Also, check out my commentaries twice a day on the Black Information Network. You can also hear those on the iHeartRadio app. Tomorrow, Reese Colbert, Erica Savage, Greg Carr are going to be in the house. Oh, y'all know we're going to bring the funk fever in the funk house. Hey, y'all, don't forget, register to vote. Go to vote.org, please. We want you to check your registration. We want you to ask for an absentee ballot. Check your polling location. Our power can be used at the ballot box. And if you don't vote, shut the hell up. I'm going to see y'all tomorrow. Holla! Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.